Welcome to the York County Economic Alliance podcast, produced in partnership with BizNews PA. I'm Joel Berg, editor and founder of BizNews PA. The subject of this episode is the upcoming midterm election in Pennsylvania. Our guest is Dr. Terry G. Madonna, Senior Fellow in Residence for Political Affairs at Millersville University and Director Emeritus of the Franklin and Marshall Poll. Um, what makes this election so hard to predict? Well, I think, you know, mainly because uh, in ma many of the states there are competitive elections for governor and U.S. Senate. We're not talking about huge leads. Now, some states obviously have huge leads, but if we take the state of Pennsylvania, for example, in the Fetterman-Oz race, we're now talking about a lead uh, below five percentage points. Shapiro has, uh, I won't say broken up, you know, broken out, but he certainly has a, a larger lead in the nine percentage point range. But these elections are not blowouts, meaning talking right now, at any rate, as I speak, 15, 20 points. We still have a good bit of time until the votes are finally in and uh, predictions are out of the question. Yeah, and do you think Shapiro has a chance to break that sort of traditional cycle in Pennsylvania? We have we tend to switch one parties Democrat, in the state house. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah I mean, I'm not predicting who will win, but it wouldn't surprise me, and it probably wouldn't surprise a lot of people if Shapiro does win the governorship, uh, giving the Democrats three terms. And you mentioned there's a lot of issues at play in this election: the abortion, the economy, crime, um, the environment, perhaps to a lesser extent. Are there any Issues that you see are really gaining traction with any particular group of voters? Well, yeah, I think crime is mm -hmm. particularly helpful to uh, Republicans. Uh, Republicans, I think, in the suburbs in, in particular, there aren't as many, obviously, in the cities, but uh, that's generating. And abortion has been a huge issue for the Democrats. Uh, earlier in the summer, it looked like the Republicans would gain seats in both the House and the Senate. And now, because of the abortion decision, uh, voters are motivated. I'm obviously talking about the pro-choice uh, uh, Democrats are motivated. I'm obviously talking about the pro-choice Democrats, particularly younger voters and college-educated voters. And they've also mentioned the role of personalities in this election. As you say, we have a lot of big personalities, John Fetterman, Dr. Oz, um, Doug Mastriano to a certain extent, um, Shapiro less so. But um, what role do you see personalities playing in sort of confounding what might normally be expected in yeah. this kind of election? Well, obviously, Dr. Oz has, uh, you know, he's the TV personality. He, he, I think that's where he's best known at, the uh, surgeon who had a very successful TV uh, show and, you know, he, he has a very smooth delivery, very polished and, uh, you know, do, does come across as somebody who understands uh, the media. His biggest problem is that he did not live in this state. He decided to run for the United States Senate in. Uh, in fact, uh, last year he voted at his in-law's place in uh, Montgomery County now has purchased a home and uh, during the primary uh, during the primary against Dave McCormick who lost by about a percentage point McCormick called him Dr. Hollywood the carpetbagger and that's remained a very serious problem for Dr. Oz which he's been slowly overcoming over time 
he's had to work hard to overcome that problem. Then if we go to John Fetterman, six foot eight, a very large man, known for hoodies and baggy shorts and tattoos, Fetterman himself has said, I'm, I'm not just unique as a politician, I'm unique as a, as a person. And Fetterman uh, has the ability to communicate with a lot of average voters. Uh, he speaks their language. He all, despite the fact that he's, you know, has an advanced degree from Harvard, despite the fact that, you know, he has wealthy parents and had a great deal of advantage, which they gave him throughout his adulthood in terms of financial support. And so we have two very, very different kind of personalities in this race that uh, I think could make a you know, the personalities are playing, playing a pretty big role. The other aspect, of course, is Fetterman's stroke and the fact that he did not campaign for, for something like eight weeks or so after his stroke. And he's now out in the campaign trail, but there's been questions raised about his health and he has yet to produce an extensive report from his physicians on the state of his health. Uh, newspapers have called for that. Dr. Oz did produce, his physicians produced the report and, and that indicated he is in excellent health. So Fetterman's trying now to go out on the campaign trail. And I think if he can do that and appear to be, you know, in, in, in decent health, that that issue probably goes away. I was going to say, do you think there's a, <clears throat> will do voters either see that as a weakness or do they also, or do they see that as a, as a point of sympathy where they're like, hey, that yeah, can be well, me or my. A little of both. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. I think some voters mm -hmm. got concerned about Oz's statement, come out of hiding, that mm -hmm. that's something that a physician shouldn't say. Plus, it was not mm -hmm. dealing appropriately with uh, Fetterman's health. But then there are other. Uh, obviously more Republicans than Democrats who say that, uh, you know, you need to be forthcoming about your health. And then what do you see as the main distinctions in the race between Shapiro and Mastriano? Well, the main, the main difference is that uh, Shapiro is more of a conventional liberal progressive. Now, he does have some exceptions. And uh, Mastriano is a rock rib conservative, a make America great, a solid Trumpite, and they differ on, on, on so many different things. So of those two elections, those two headline elections, which of those two do you think will have a bigger impact on after the election when there's someone's actually in office? Who will have more, who will have more well, power? Well, that, actually... that's an interesting question, mm -hmm. and it depends on how you, I mean, look, the federal government and whoever wins the Senate will you know, will be one of uh, a whole large group of, of senators. And the fact of the matter is that uh, the federal government now plays a big role in so much in our lives. But when you're the governor of a state, I mean, you have more direct and daily impact on people in a whole variety of ways, both in terms of dealing with the legislature, both in terms of dealing with your executive authority, so that's not an easy question to answer, but more directly, day to day, I would think it would be the governor than, than one of a whole host of U.S. senators. 
I wanted to go back also to someone whose name is not on the ballot, and that's uh, Joe Biden. And I'm curious, you mentioned sort of the national figures, you know, he is, here's his approval rating nationally. Are there, is there any color as far as how he is standing in Pennsylvania and how that might affect his effect? Yeah, um, the, the polls in here? Pennsylvania do not show him above 50%, which mm -hmm. is where you, you would like to be. His standing is, 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 not, uh, is not nearly as good as I'm sure he would like it to be. Remember, he was Scranton-born, and he reminds Pennsylvanians every time in the state. He says, I'm a Pennsylvanian. I was born here, and he, and he boasts about that. Yeah. But given that we're four states, does that really matter if we're the different regions? Well, it, yeah, I mean, I, I, well, it, it certainly matters in the sense that even though we have different regional distinctions politically, we're still all in the same state. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. So um, are there any surprises you think we'll see in this in this midterm election? Is there something that maybe people aren't expecting that might happen, that might come out of this? Well, it's hard to say. I mean, most experts expect that the Pennsylvania legislature would stay in Republican hands. What And there have been redistricting. What happens if there's a change there? I'm not certainly predicting that, but it's certainly something that uh, if it happens, would be a huge surprise. We also have three congressional seats, the 7th, the 8th, they're up in the Northeast, in the Lehigh Valley, and one out uh, in, in uh, Allegheny County and Beaver County. So right now we have nine Democrats and nine Republicans in our congressional delegation. Uh, we'll have to see if one party ends up with more than another. We are going to lose a seat, so we'll go from 18 to 17. So obviously one party is likely to have more members of Congress, but there are at least those three races that are getting a good deal of attention. And you've talked about um, the difficulty of dislodging incumbents in these races. Um, you were asked about uh, Representative Smucker, but how do you feel about the race with Scott Perry, Representative Perry in the York County yeah, District? I, yeah, I, I think that Scott Perry seems to be in good shape. He's, you know, obviously took on the election issue as many other Republicans did. Uh, but I think the Republican turnout is likely to be pretty decent in his congressional district. I've not seen any external polls, but it looks like he's uh, well, well positioned. So what's your level of concern about complaints about people not accepting the results of this election? I mean, we saw a lot of what happened yeah. in 2020, obviously, and this is the first test since then of not that. Yeah, I think all the studies that have been done that Pennsylvania Department of State did a couple counties, mm -hmm. did a couple you can't rule out that there was some misgivings, that there was some fraud, that there was some mistakes made by election officials. But in the end, it would not have changed any election. Now, that doesn't mean we shouldn't have reforms in the way in which we conduct elections, particularly with mail-in balloting. And that needs to be done by, uh, the, by the state legislature and the governor. And they have not done anything with Act 77, the mail-in balloting law, which seems to me that there's sensible reforms that could be made. But even if there isn't fraud or there's a very low likelihood of it, do you think, are, there, are we still at risk of people pressing those claims? You know, people need a lot of evidence to claim things. Yeah, you can't rule out that we'll have the same 
complaints made about election fraud or widespread corruption, to use Donald J. Trump's words, uh, by the losing party. The winning party rarely argues that there's been fraud or there's been uh, something wrong with the election. But do you think it might have, make it tough to move on from the election this time, even as hard as it was in 2020? Well, I'm not. I, that's too, it's, too, it's too difficult to know how, yeah. how that will be. I mean, I do think election officials are more acutely aware mm -hmm. of some of the problems that exist. And, uh, you know, they're going to be much more careful in how they handle what goes mm -hmm. on in the individual precincts. Yeah, are you seeing evidence of things that they're doing to kind of make sure that they... Well, they're aware of what went on in their own original precincts uh, mail-in ballots, where were they, how were they kept, and you remember we can't begin to process them until election day, and that's in and of itself one of the problems that the legislature ought to repair. Mm -hmm. All right, well, any final predictions for this, uh, or any final insights into this election cycle that... Uh... I, yeah, I think the turnout is going to be uh, one of the highest that we've had in recent, uh, in recent decades. Typically about 44% of 40% uh, range. It wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, the turnout, the turnout uh, exceeds that. It was 58% in 2018, but back in 2014, it was only 43%. Wow. It wouldn't strike me as a nominal election. Yes. <clears throat> so I assume that's a good thing we have high turnout? <laughs> oh, it's always a good thing when the people pay attention to campaigns and turn out the vote. Do you see there being, do you see anything happening between now and November that might even increase that turnout? It could or? be the economy, it could be crime, it could be something unexpected. We could find something out about the candidates, although trust me, those campaigns <laughs> of their opponents. And I know this is, again, off the radar probably of most local voters, voters in Pennsylvania, but are there any surprises that could come out of the war in Ukraine if that takes a, takes well, a much sure. more serious Well, I mean, sure. We don't know what could happen in foreign policy mm -hmm. with, with, in Ukraine with China and Taiwan. I mean, we just don't know how that could affect turnout by party and maybe rally. We don't know the state of the economy and whether it could worsen and that could help uh, Republicans. And maybe to end on, then, how important do you see the economy at this point? Again, given the personalities, given the abortion, given... There's no doubt the, that... Here's the problem as with the average voter. What's going on with the economy is it affects them where they live. Now, yes, gasoline prices have fallen, but they're still higher. People go into a grocery store. They're paying more if because of the supply chain if they can find what And they're they finding want. less, yes. And they're finding less. <laughs> So the, pro the, the, the average voter is feeling the pain from inflation and the economy. And we'll have to see if, if it gets better, even though unemployment is low, we have 8.3% inflation. Uh, the, the, right now it remains the most important issue. Yeah. So we'll take it, out, take it out on somebody, I guess. You got it. <laughs> so, all right, well, thank you, Dr. Rolano, I appreciate no, it. Oh, thank you. Thank you for joining us on this edition of the York County Economic Alliance podcast produced in partnership with BizNews PA. Join us in November for a look at workforce strategies.